You are now tuned in to Saved and Woke. Yes, I am. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, MSW. That's Mr. Saved and Woke. And these are the afterthoughts for episode six, Woke and White, the wonderful conversation I had with my man, Jordan Coleman. So as usual, with these afterthoughts, I'm just going to jump right into it. The first thing I want to highlight is the importance of when I asked Jordan how he became woke, the first and only reason he ever gave was the gospel and his salvation and just the Lord leading him. Um, and at first, you all would, would not have picked up on this, but I just remember while we were talking, uh, I mean, of course I was agreeing with him, like, yeah, you know, the Holy Spirit leads us. Yeah, it's you know, true wokeness is believing in this, you know, comes from believing in Christ. But for a while, not going to lie, I was getting a little annoyed because I was thinking to myself, yes, Jordan, I know you love Jesus, but how you get woke, though, you know? Um, but he just kept coming back to Christ. And this is crazy because, you know, I mean, I'm out here calling myself Mr. Saved and Woke. And even I was having difficulty accepting this as his answer, you know. And when I really thought about it, I was like, whoa. And just the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I was letting the thinking of this world get to me. That thinking that perceives that Christ and consciousness are mutually exclusive. So, needless to say, I had to repent and recommit myself to renewing my mind, particularly in terms of how I see and understand issues of racial reconciliation and social justice in general. So back to Jordan's emphasis on the gospel as the reason he is woke. So this is key to everything God is doing with Saved and Woke because I always talk about how if we truly serve a loving God who knows all things and who therefore should know of all the suffering and oppression in the world, belief in this God should facilitate wokeness. And Jordan proved that then and there. And I just love how he explicitly stated that his goal was to emphasize the centrality of the gospel. I just love that. And I think that's something that's missing from even a lot of people who I, who I, who I would label as saved and woke. I just wish they would be more explicit about the, the Christ-centeredness of their social consciousness. Next, another thing that is also important is humility. Um, and you all probably picked it up really quickly, but like Jordan is a very, very humble dude. And I think one challenge particularly for, well, one challenge for, particularly for white believers and just white people in general is to be humble enough to just accept the, I guess, the the rebuke that comes with knowing that you've had privilege and that, that this world is not as fair and as equitable as you 
may once have thought it was. Um, but it's important for us to be to be humble for a number of reasons. Um, because if we're if we're if we call ourselves working towards justice, but we have pride and we're not trying to listen to people, the Bible says that God resists the proud. So as long as we're walking in pride, as long as we're refusing to hear and to listen to our, especially to our brothers and sisters in the faith who are trying to correct us in love, you are fighting against God. So humility is key, man. If you like, ask God. Don't assume that you are humble. Please don't. Do not assume that you're humble. Ask God to show you where pride is trying to creep in because it always is. The enemy is always trying to gain a foothold in your in your mind. And, he, and the enemy is slick with it too. It'll. It's not usually something that we would consider prideful, but that's why we need the Holy Spirit to ask us. So ask God to show you where pride is, especially in regards to to social consciousness and being just being aware of the suffering of others. Next, I emphasize the fact that Jordan decided to come to Durham when he when he decided when he said he he and his family decided to move. And that's because Durham, North Carolina is almost 50% black just to emphasize. I wanted to emphasize the fact that Jordan wasn't, that he was put, like he was really doing what he was, you know, said he was uh, setting out to do, which was to diversify his surroundings or make his, make the people in his surroundings, make the people that were close to him, you know, starting with his community more diverse. Um, and I believe like it's definitely in the, high 40s but Durham is almost 50% black so he was definitely doing that and I just I just commend the brother for his commitment to 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 wake himself up and to just submit to the Lord and to to submit to submit to this process which uh, he really just says is a part of him just being less selfish so I just it's just great that God would use just you know Jordan working out his soul salvation also as a way to to wake the brother up. And I don't believe that Jordan is an exception. I believe that it's something that God wants to do with us all because God, he definitely has the suffering and the oppressed and the poor and the marginalized on his heart. And he wants us to be the same. Let's see, what will I talk about next? Okay, so yeah. Jordan was gracious enough to share the fact that he and his wife's first daughter was adopted. She's an adopted black girl. Um, and that was one thing that he really attributed, one specific thing that he attributed to his walk to wokeness. Now, one thing I don't want people to do is I don't want you to get caught up in the fact that he adopted a little girl and think that you'll never be able to emulate his humility, his social consciousness, just because you can't adopt someone. So what I want to do is just unpack the basics of what Jordan laid out for us. Because if you get caught up in the specifics of how he allowed God to to open his eyes and to remove the blinders, you'll get lost in the weeds. So I'm just going to break it down to the basics. So what he and his wife decided to do was bring a person of color into their space and to form an intimate relationship with them. 
Then they set out to learn everything they could about that person's experience or probable experience, not only as an adoptee, but as a person of color in America and as a person of color adopted by a white family. They sought to humanize the facts and figures and racial debates by forming a relationship with someone who was not like them. And I think everybody listening to this can do that. I can do that. We can all just look for someone who's different from, from, from us. In this case, we were talking about race and form an intimate relationship with them. Now, one thing that people often get upset with is that this kind of this they feel like, you know, relationships should be organic and should happen naturally. But like I said in the episode, the flow of this nation is racist and you, we have all been socialized to to shy away from people of color. Even people of color have been socialized to shy away from people who look like them. So you have to go against the grain. You have to be intentional. And you have to allow the Holy Spirit to show you what you have to do. You can't go with the flow. If you go with the flow, you will. it's just not going to look good. <laughs> just leave it at that. And when you allow this to happen, the, basically the closer you are with people, the more compassion you will have. And it's important that you do whatever you, you can to get close to people who aren't like you, especially if you're trying to help them, especially if you're trying to say that you understand these people, because how can you have compassion with a group of people if you're not close to them? I mean, if it's hard to find, well, particularly if uh, someone of another race uh, race is hard to find, well, you just gain some insight into white privilege. Um, part of that is well, part of that is that you don't have to search hard to find members of your own race or ethnic group, while people of color are often in spaces in which they are the only member of their particular group. So while you're, so if you ever find yourself getting frustrated trying to find um, a minority friend, just think how frustrating and how disheartening it can be for minorities trying to find minority friends. Now. One of the last things I want to talk about or I want to clarify is what Jordan was saying when he said, not every not every heavenly agenda is yours. Now, he's mentioned this to me on a number of occasions before, so I knew exactly what he what he, what he meant. And I want to really want to make sure that it's not misconstrued. So basically he was he, he had just given some ideas of like so if so if if you're not adopting a minority child um, what could I asked him? What can they do? And he said, "Consider moving. You know, um, consider making yourself the racial and/or the socioeconomic minority um, in your next move." Um, that was one of the first things that they did. Um, so he gave that suggestion, and then later on, he was like, "Now remember, every heavenly agenda is not yours." What he was saying is, he wasn't—he wasn't giving you a cop out to not do anything. What he was saying is, you don't have to feel like you have to do everything. You don't have to be friends with every minority that that you meet. You don't have to do that and move and 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 change your church, even though God might might uh, lead you to do those things. He said, "You don't have to do. You don't have to force yourself to do every single thing that you think." lines up with um, obtaining racial racial reconciliation in your own life, in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own 
your own family. Um, but just allow the Holy Spirit to to lead you. Like ask God. Like we always we we pray after every episode for a reason because we, like we're we're talking about all these things that we should do and what we should be. But you just can't think yourself into living righteously. You can't think yourself into living according to the will of God. You have to be led by the Spirit. And what's great about that is the Spirit is here and ready. You don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. You don't. Um, you have the Spirit of God. If you are a believer, the Spirit of God already dwells in you. Whether you're filled with the Holy Spirit or not is one thing, but all believers have the Holy Spirit, and He's ready to guide us. Um, when you're in the when you're in the world, I feel like a lot a lot of times we just we just give the we give too much credit to the to the enemy, and then not to not to the Lord. Um, once we once we become believers, because we'll so quickly state that yeah, man, when I was when I was in the world, when I was when I before I was a believer, yeah, man, I was being led by the enemy, and you know, I will I do I will I do believe that for myself, but. And I and I know that's true for basically everyone. When you're not a believer, you're being led astray by the by the by the king of this world. But it's like it's not like I have a I don't have this demon walking walking me around by the hand. I don't have like a cloud over me that's just like showing me where to go. But yet still we know that because we were not believers, we were being led by the enemy. But when we switch to believing in God, when we become believers, and submit ourselves to God. Some of us still think we're being led by the enemy. Like that's not that's not the case. If you are if you are a believer, if you've submitted to God, then you're being led by the Spirit. I mean, I mean, I, I promise you that it's not the enemy that's having you listen to this podcast <laughs> right now. All right, it's not the enemy that's that uh, convicts you when you don't pray. Um, it's 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 not the enemy leading you to pray. It's not the enemy leading you to go to church. It's the it's the Holy Spirit is God leading you to do all these things. So if if He's already doing these things, leading you in these in these regards, then He can definitely lead you into more specific things. Like one thing that I had to deal with personally, I didn't feel like I could hear specifically from God. Like I knew, like that God, that I I believe that God could give me like general direction in terms of like not doing wrong, um, and doing what was right instead. But in terms of like, well, God, what should I do in this situation? Whenever I would hear something, I would allow the enemy. I would believe what the enemy was saying. Like, oh man, that's not that's not God. He's not talking to you. But that's a lie from the enemy, man. Like you are, thus you are a son or a daughter of God. What kind of father doesn't talk to his children? Do not believe those lies. When you're praying, when you're asking for God for direction on what to do, whether with anything, but definitely um, in regards to seeking racial reconciliation in your life, like know that God speaks to you. And if you can't, if you can't get past that, that means that just means you need to, like I said earlier, like I have to do, renew your mind, renew your mind, transform, and you get transformed. You wash your mind with the word. Keep reading the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Read that word, and seek your Father in prayer. So the main question was of this episode was: Can you be woke and white? Yes. Yes. Resounding yes. So that's all my afterthoughts for this episode. Can't wait to give you all the next one. Um, But until then, keep the faith and stay woke.